0: in the Spirit, your God-given, God-guided resource for all things truth and all things kingdom, based on the Word of God and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Stay tuned for this week's Spiritual Truth. Worship is a lifestyle. You were originally designed to be a spirit, a son, a daughter of God. Hey spiritual warriors, welcome back to War in the Spirit podcast. This is Faith and Green back for a brand new episode of War in the Spirit. I know I had been gone for a while and now I'm kind of flooding you guys with new episodes. It's just because God just keeps giving me more and more content to give to you. So every time he gives me something, I'm going to pass it along. So you are tuned in for season number eight, episode number six of War in the Spirit entitled Accountability. So, um, if you've been paying attention the last few episodes, so the last two, I did a double header where stay woke and, um, get back up. So this is kind of going to be building on those two episodes. So if you haven't heard stay woke and get back up, listen to them in that order, stay woke first and then get back up and then come and listen to this episode. So let me jump in, um, you know, it's funny because the the first thing that I was thinking about as God was speaking to me about this, the I just kept thinking about blame and the blame game. And, um, you know, I was thinking about how oftentimes, and I kind of touched on this um, in the last episode where I was talking about Adam and Eve and how um, even though uh, the serpent, brought the fruit to them and and encouraged them to eat the fruit, they all three got cursed and kicked out of the garden. So they had to take accountability. And and of course they said, well, the the serpent brought this to me and he told me to eat it. And then of course, Adam, Eve brings it to Adam and Adam's like, well, the woman brought it to me and she told me to eat it. But at the end of the day, we're still accountable for the decisions that we make. And we can't put the blame on somebody else just because maybe they influenced us or because maybe they had something to do with the thing that we did wrong or the, the, the situation where we got out of alignment with God's will. It's still an accountability thing. We can't play the blame game. And it's so funny because when I think about it, I think about it as a game. It's, it's a trick of the enemy to, to, to make us fall into that place and space of, well, yeah, I may have done this, but they did this first or such and such did this to hurt me. And so that's why I responded in this way, because I was already hurt from this situation. It just gives us a space and an excuse to not face our own truths, but to be able to reflect it and, and project it back onto somebody else. And oftentimes that's what we do. And that perpetuates the cycle of offense between us. It, 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 it continues to perpetuate discord and- Misunderstanding and disagreement When we don't take a look At ourselves first and go Okay, what was my role In this, instead of pointing the finger Because at the end of the day, guess, guess what The other person has to answer to God For what they did They don't have to answer to you necessarily And The truth about that is that because we're often looking for people to answer to us for the things that they've done to us, towards us, or whatever, um, it keeps us out of position from being able to heal from that thing, from being able to find closure, from being able to repent, from being able to to forgive. It keeps us in the place of resentment and bitterness and and, uh, uh, offense with each other, but when we just take a step back and say, you know what, let me just own my part in whatever it is. And I'm not going to worry about the other person's part. I'm going to let God handle that. Those are the places and spaces where you can truly find healing, closure. You can find forgiveness. You, you, can, you can come back to the place of peace because you said, you know what, what they did, their actions is out of my hands. But you know whose actions are in my hands? Mine. I have control of my own actions. And so I'm going to be accountable for what I did. See, and the other thing to remember is though, although much of our shortcomings are influenced by the enemy, again, it doesn't mean we are blameless. It's time to take back control of your life and your decisions. And it brings me to James chapter 4 verse 17. It says, so for one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, for him it is sin. You see, many of us know when we're not doing right. <laughs> we, we, we know we're not supposed to be dating that specific person. We know we're not supposed to be doing certain things with that person that we're dating. We know that um, we're not supposed to be um, in this job or in this position. We know that God has called us to another place. We, we know that there's a, a purpose within us. We, we know certain things and we just choose to kind of ignore them. And like I was saying in the in the last episode, you know, just because you're not doing anything per se wrong, if you're not doing the right thing, as in the thing that God has purposed you for, then you are doing the wrong thing. You're out of position. And then the thing about blame is, blame is also a form of judgment. And... Uh, uh, Matthew 7, I'm going to start verse 1. It says, do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and look And look, the log is in your own eye. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So see, again, blame is a form of judgment. We want to project the the issue. We want to project the blame. We want to project the responsibility onto somebody else instead of taking responsibility for ourselves and what we are supposed to be doing and our part in whatever that's situation is so see some of us will want to blame somebody else and then not even realize that we got an even bigger issue than they got while we trying to point the finger at somebody else and say you're wrong you out of position you didn't do this you didn't do that or this is your fault we we got an even bigger issue than they have and because we haven't looked in the mirror at ourselves to see our own reflection to see our own problem to see our own issue to take accountability for our own stuff We are missing it and we are continuing to operate outside of God's will for our lives in disobedience and misalignment and unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness or whatever it may be. It's time to take. So, the other thing to remember is they're not bad people. There are only bad decisions. And at some point, we must be accountable for the decisions that we have made. You know, oftentimes we want to um we want to say, oh, you know, that person did this to me or that person. They're just not a good person or they're just not a good person. Here's the thing. Everything that God made was good. He, he looked on it and he saw it and he said, this is good. Everything that God made is good. But when we start to make bad decisions, then we start to be associated with the decisions that we make. And we all make bad decisions at some point or another. Some decisions, some, some of our decisions are worse than others. Um, Some make worse decisions than than other people do. But at the end of the day, we're all God's children and we all have the opportunity for redemption because Jesus died for our redemption. So we all, just like I was talking about in in the last podcast about Get Back Up, you know, we've all fallen short of God's glory, just like Adam and Eve fell short of God's glory. But we all have the opportunity to get back up from that fall. So we have to not only forgive others, but we have to forgive ourselves. And we have to remember that in order to change, the first thing we have to do is recognize that there's a need for change. And then the second thing we have to do is decide to change. Change is about a series of decisions. You don't have to be super strong. You, you don't have to have it all figured out. You 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 don't have to ha- have all the power. You just need to be able to make one decision at a time. That's how change occurs. And so when we choose to first be accountable for our actions, that's where the change begins. So let's look at Romans Um 14, this is verses 12 through 23, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to read all of it. It says, so then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let's not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's or sister's way. I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but to the one who thinks something is unclean to that person it is unclean so see here's the thing in and by yourself you're not unclean it's your decisions the things that you choose to do that make you unclean so let me help you I don't care how far from grace how far out of glory you've fallen. You can always get back up. It's all about making the decision. You're not too far gone to get back up from that fall. Because you know why? Because God created you and he said that it was good. So be good. Be what he created you to be. Be righteous. Be holy. Walk in purpose. Be obedient. Be your kingdom identity. Stop being what the enemy wants you to be. Stop allowing him to influence you. You see, every single decision has a consequence. So let's let's look at the definition of consequence. A consequence is something produced by a cause or necessarily following from a set of conditions. You see, we uh, lots of people think that uh, consequences are are only bad, but Especially, I'm a behavior analyst, so in behavior analysis, we talk about this a lot. Um, A consequence is simply the result of an action, something that follows an action. So, it's cause and effect. Okay, so, a consequence can be the result of a good decision, or a consequence can be the result of a bad decision. Consequences are not necessarily bad, they're simply something that results from something else from an action or a decision or a behavior, right? See, good decisions, like I said, have good consequences and bad decisions have bad consequences. And we have to be accountable for both. We always want to get the good stuff, but here's the thing, you want good stuff, make good decisions. First Corinthians 5.10 says, for we all for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive compensation for his deeds done through the body in accordance with what he has done, whether good or bad. See, you're going to receive compensation. Now, that whether that compensation is good or whether that compensation is bad is completely dependent on the kind of decisions that you make. So in the last two episodes, we talked about staying woke. And, and staying woke was realizing that everything is spiritual, that that those people that you encounter and that anger you or offend you or hurt you are not that that's not a result of that person being bad as a result of the influence of the kingdom of darkness it's the result of an influence of a dark spirit It's a result of the influence of the enemy and the the first step to being able to change and step fully into sonship is to recognize that and then to now be accountable for your part in that situation Because I tell people all the time, offense is a condition of our own hearts. Oftentimes, you know, it doesn't mean that the person that did something to you was right. But the way that we receive things is a condition of our hearts. So I'll give you an example. And I think I've given this example before. Let's say you're at work and um you know, you're, you're you're having a conversation with one of your coworkers and you're talking about a, a project that you guys have upcoming and your coworker is frustrated with you and angry seemingly for no reason, right? And they start yelling at you, okay? So now you mad and you're like, wait a minute, who are you talking to? Oh, who you think, you, you, you can't talk to me like that. I don't know who you think you are, right? So you're upset, but then let's say later on, you find out. That that co-worker just found out that morning that they lost their parent. Are you going to give a little more grace? You're going to take a different perspective on that situation. You're going to go, oh, you know what? Maybe that wasn't really about me. Maybe that was about the fact that they had something hard happen to them this morning. And then they encountered me and I just... They projected what they were feeling onto me. That's oftentimes what happens. But see, like I said, offense is a condition of our own heart. So, th- what happens to you is is um, is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. To respond to it in an appropriate way. So just because somebody does something to you that's bad or mean or it doesn't mean that you have to react in the same way that they reacted to you. That's a condition of your own heart. Are you going to be the peacemaker or are you going to be the one that continues to perpetuate the offense? So we have to understand that. We have to look at ourselves first before we turn and look at that other person and again everything is spiritual and so in order to return to sonship you need to understand that and you need to take accountability so uh, uh, the things that we talked about in the last two episodes were broad a broad spectrum of things that you need to understand. They were a broad topic. Okay, I need to return to sonship, right? Now, we're going to start to break down in the next few episodes what you need to do in order to return to your sonship or your daughtership. And the first thing is accountability, okay? So, let's delve into it. See, we're not, again, we're not always responsible for what happens to us, but how we respond is our responsibility. Again, let's take Adam and Eve real real quick for uh, an example. This is Genesis chapter three. I'm going to start at verse eight. It says, now they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to the man and said to him, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me some of the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Then the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you more than all the livestock and more than any animal of the field. And on your belly you shall go. But, And so uh, if you keep on reading, God curses Adam, Eve, and the serpent. But look at what they did. Every one of them tried to hand the blame down. Adam's like, oh, well, it was this woman you gave to me. And then Eve is like, oh, well, the serpent came and he gave it to me. But nobody made their own decision. They just decided to accept what the next person was telling them. And and they didn't take any accountability for their part. It wasn't, well, you know what? She gave it to me, but maybe I could have made a different decision. Um and so it's so important that we understand that we have to take accountability you can't talk when you when you get to the judgment God ain't going to be like oh who made you do that uh uh-uh. uh he's going to be like so you did this and this and this and this and this what do you have to say for yourself It's just like it, it, when, if you get charged with uh, a a crime even if you weren't the one that acted on the pro- crime, if you knew about the crime, you're getting charged. If, if you were a getaway driver, you're getting charged. You become an accomplice to that crime if you have any part in it. Even if somebody else initiated, even if somebody else had a bigger part, even somebody else triggered you, guess what? Your response is your responsibility let's look at Judas. This is Luke 22 verses 3 through 6. And this is also an example of what we need to understand about how the enemy comes in and influences us. It says, and Satan entered Judas, the one called Iscariot, who belonged to the number of the 12. And he left and discussed with the chief priests and officers. Okay, guys, sorry, I had to take a quick pause for the cause of mothering. Um, So let's look back at Judas. Again, this is Luke 22 verses three through six. It says, and Satan entered Judas, the one called Iscariot, who belonged to the number of the 12. And he left and discussed with the chief priests and officers how he was to betray him to them. And they were delighted and agreed to give him money and so he consented and began looking for a good opportunity to betray him to them away from the crowd so let me just talk about this for a moment so um we all want to believe that Judas was just a bad guy like that all he was always he always had a vendetta out for Jesus he always was going to betray Jesus he all no 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 so look at this so here is a man that has walked with Christ for all this time. He has been one of his disciples. He has he has helped spread the, the gospel along with Jesus. And then it says, and Satan entered Judas. So it doesn't say that Judas was bad. It doesn't say that Judas was a bad man. It says Satan. Satan entered Judas. See, again, there are not bad people, just bad decisions. So Judas allowed Satan to influence him to make a bad decision. So this is what happens to us, too. It's not that we're bad people. It's that we gave the enemy a foothold, a little bit of flesh to grab onto, a crack to seep into, to... Influence us to make a bad decision doesn't mean that we're a bad person. But the first thing to recti- first thing to do to rectify a bad decision is to first recognize that you are the catalyst that made the bad decision. That you are responsible for that bad decision. That you must now respond to the bad decision to correct it. So now let's look at Peter. So we know that Peter denies Jesus. Let's look at Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 34. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to sift you men like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And you, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And he said, I tell you, Peter. The rooster will not crow today until you have denied three times that you know me. So again, here it is, Peter. This is this is the same Peter that he says, I'm gonna I'm gonna build this is the rock on which I'm gonna build my church. This is the same Peter that's been his disciple for all this time. This is the same Peter that's that's been in, in closed rooms, you know, it was always Peter, James, and John. That was Jesus' real inner circle. This is that same Peter. That same Peter It says Now notice he calls him Simon You know Peter is the name that Jesus Gave him he changed his name Whenever he calls him Simon That means he's out of position Simon Simon Behold Satan has demanded To sift you So again We have the influence of Satan to, To influence Someone to make a bad Decision and of course Just like Jesus said, Peter did deny him three times. Even after he said, oh no, I'm willing to go to prison and death with you, Jesus. Oh no. But he still denies Jesus. And it's the influence of the enemy that pushes him, that tempts him to fall into that space. So again, we have to remember, we need to take accountability. Okay, for our actions. It's so important that we do this. Um, And it brings me. This is my last example. and I'm going to move on because this one is so funny to me. Um, This is David. So this is Second Samuel chapter 12 verses one through 20. But I'm not going to read all of that. I'm going to start at verse one. It says, then the Lord sent Nathan to David and he came to him and said, there were two men in a city, the one wealthy and the other poor. The wealthy man had a great many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing at all except one little ewe lamb, which he bought and nurtured, and it grew up together with him and his children. It would eat scraps from him and drink from his cup and lie in his lap. And was like a daughter to him. Now a visitor came to the wealthy man. And he could not bring himself to take any animal from his own flock or his own herd to prepare for the traveler who had come to him. So he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger burned greatly against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this certainly deserves to die. So he must make restitution for the lamb four times over since he did this thing and had no compassion. Nathan then said to David, you yourself are the man. So here it is, David has taken Bathsheba, someone else's wife, and then had her husband put on the front line to die so that he could keep this wife. So Nathan is coming to David and he uses this story <laughs> to test David's heart. David is like, oh no, that man has to be punished. Meanwhile, he ain't looked at himself at all. He ain't even, he hasn't even... It hasn't even occurred to him (laughs) that he's out of position and that this is about him. He's so sure and ready to punish this man. Accountability is so important. And the thing about, you know, one of the beautiful things that I love about David is that he does. He has a lot of accountability. Now, in this one particular instance, we we see him fall short of that. But once he realizes, he turns. But the thing about David is David committed some of the most heinous sins. I mean, but David was always the one to fall at the feet of the Lord and say, you know what, God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And then he would fall back into worship. So that he could get to the place of being redeemed, of forgiveness. But he took accountability. We see him over and over. God, I'm 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 a lowly servant. God, I made this mistake. God, I made that mistake. God, 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 he's constantly crying out to God and saying, you know what? I am I am imperfect. That's the space and the place where God wants to meet us. And every time that David did it. God met him there. So it's time to take accountability. That's the first step to fighting off the darkness, to first accept that there is a need for change. So in order to return back to your sonship, you have to recognize that there's some stuff about you, baby, that need to change. That you don't look like that that perfect kingdom creation that God originally designed you to be. And, you know, the funny thing is that once you make a conscious decision to make a change, God will pick up the ball and run with it. So let's look at Second Corinthians chapter five, verses one through five. It says, for we know that if our earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God. A house not made by hands eternal in the heavens. For indeed, in this tent we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, since in fact, after putting it on, we will not be found naked. For indeed, we who are in this tent groan, being burdened because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now, he who prepared us for this very purpose is God who gave us the spirit as a pledge. There's so much here. You know, what's so funny, you know, they always say, oh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And it makes me think about, we always think about that as death. So when you're absent, your, your, your spirit is absent from your body, you die and you know, oh, it's to be present with the Lord and you, and you go to heaven. Right. But This also makes me think of being absent from your flesh, meaning a fleshly mindset, a fleshly perspective. When you're absent from the fleshly perspective, you can be more present with God, more connected with God, have a better relationship with God. So here it is. He says this earthly tent. Is torn down. See, that's the place where accountability will meet you. When you start to be accountable, then it will tear down your flesh. When you start to go to God and say, you know what? Yep, I know I had a part in this. I know I was wrong in this. God, I know I, know I need to change. I need to turn. Repentance is not just saying, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Repentance is actually turning away from doing the thing that you were doing. And choosing, deciding that you don't want to continue to operate like that. So you put down this earthly tent, And it says, um, because we don't want to be found naked. Watch. Again, we go back to Adam and Eve. Again, I, I talked about this in the last... In the last episode about how they were clothed in his glory. So they didn't know they were naked until they fell short of the glory. So then they knew they were naked. So oftentimes we don't want to be accountable because we don't want to be exposed. We don't want our nakedness to show. But we're only naked when we're out of position. We're only naked when we're misaligned. See, if you decide... To get back in position, if you decide to be obedient, if you decide to be righteous, if you decide to be holy, then you're covered. You're not naked. You're clothed in the glory. You don't have to worry about it. But but see, as long as you stay out of alignment, as long as you decide not to be accountable, as long as you decide to keep doing those same old things and perpetuating those same cycles and living in those same broken mindsets, You're going to be naked and exposed because when you're when you're accountable, he hides you in his shadow. He protects you because that's the promise that he's made by sending his son. But if you don't accept that. And you don't take responsibility and you don't repent and turn from your ways. You ain't going to be covered because grace is only going to cover you for so long. So acknowledgement and true willingness to change is what God needs to take you back through the process of returning to sonship. You don't have to figure it out. See, he'll begin to put in front of you everything that you need to do and address in order to return to your kingdom identity and alignment with his will. He's just waiting for you to make the first decision to say, you know what, God, I know there's some stuff about me that needs to change. God, I know that I had a, a part in this. I know that I wasn't right. I know that when you take that accountability, he's going to meet you there and say, okay. Show me. Okay. This is a thing that you need to address. First, let's stop this and turn and do this differently. And then you make that one decision. Guess what? He's going to meet you there. And then he's going to bring another thing to you. And he's going to say, all right, now we need to address this. And then you make another decision for God. And then he's going to say, okay, we dealt with that. Now let's deal with this. And every time it doesn't have to be like, uh, 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 you know, how they say Rome wasn't built in a day, right? Brick by brick, you can rebuild and rediscover your kingdom identity. It's like a pressure washing. You no, know, you can't wash the whole building at the same time. You got to go section by section and let the pressure remove the dirt here. OK, let's address this area right here. OK, we got that area clean. All right, let's go right here. All right, we got this area clean. And eventually you'll look up. And you're back to your originally designed kingdom identity because you made one decision to be accountable. See, now get back up from that fall and seize the opportunity that he is giving you to get it right. Matthew 7 Verses 7 through 12 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or what person is there among you who when his son asks for a loaf of bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake or He will not give him a snake, will he? So if you, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him in everything? Therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. See, God is just waiting for you to choose to ask, to seek, to knock. He's not waiting for you to be perfect. He's, he's not waiting for you to do everything right. He's waiting for you to make one decision to be accountable and to shift and to change and to stop pointing the finger at somebody else and start looking at yourself. Accountability is key. Accountability is key to righteousness. Accountability is key to holiness. Accountability is key to your kingdom identity. Accountability is key to uh, being aligned with His will. Accountability is key to walking in your purpose. That's the basis of what you need to do and understand in order to be all that He has designed and created you to. Be. So. That's the word that God gave me to give you um, in this episode. I pray that you take inventory of yourself. Don't worry about everybody else. Let God handle them. Let God handle them in whatever situation it is. Whatever their part is in that situation, that's not your concern. It's your concern to be accountable for you. Okay. I love you guys. As always, um, if you want additional content, you can find it on Instagram at Faith underscore Hoth and Green or on Facebook at Faith and Green. You can also find it on my YouTube channel at War in the Spirit Live Um, Again, this is a video podcast. Also, so if you guys are my audio listeners, I've now started doing video, doing it video uh, platform every week now, or for every episode, you can find the video podcast on Spotify or on YouTube um, at my YouTube channel. If you want help, if you want additional insight, if you uh, need prayer, whatever it is that you need, in Helping with cultivating your relationship with God and getting closer to God and walking out your purpose, you can contact me at warinthespirit12 at gmail.com. I love you guys. Have an awesome week. Bye.